Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, May 9th. We have just completed the observance and celebration of Passover and the seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But did you know that Passover is not really over until we get to Shavuot? There is the counting of the Omer, a 50-day count that takes you up to the next biblical feast, which is Shavuot, or Pentecost. The giving of the Torah happened at Shavuot exactly 50 days after the children of Israel left Egypt. A few thousand years later, on the exact same day, Shavuot, Yeshua's followers gathered in the upper room for a prayer meeting. On Shavuot, also known as Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out in great power with mighty wind and tongues of flames. The Omer is counted each evening after sundown. This year, Shavuot begins at sunset on Saturday, June 4th, and ends at Sunday, sundown on Monday, June 6th. We are to stand when counting the Omer, and we begin by reciting the following blessing. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kitshanu bimostav zivanu al-safirat haomer. Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. After the blessing, we recite the appropriate day of the count. For example, Hayom Yom Echad Laomer. Today is the 23rd day of the counting of the Omer. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Emor, and it means, Say. Leviticus 22, 1-15 Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Instruct Aaron and his sons to be scrupulous about the sacred donations that B'nai Israel consecrate to me lest they profane my holy name, mine, Hashem's. Say to them, throughout the ages, if any man among your offspring, while in a state of uncleanness, partakes of any sacred donation that B'nai Israel may consecrate to Hashem, that person shall be cut off from before me. I am Hashem. No man of Aaron's offspring who has an eruption or a discharge shall eat of the sacred donations until he is clean. If one touches anything made unclean by a corpse, or if a man has an emission of semen, or if a man touches any swarming thing by which he is made unclean, or any human being by whom he is made unclean, whatever his uncleanness, the person who touches shall 
such shall be unclean until evening, and shall not eat of the sacred donations until he has washed his body in water. As soon as the sun sets, he shall be clean, and afterward he may eat of the sacred donations, for they are his food. He shall not eat anything that died or was torn by beasts, thereby becoming unclean. I am Hashem. They shall keep my charge, lest they incur guilt thereby and die for it, having committed profane nation. I, Hashem, consecrate them. No lay person shall eat of the sacred donations. No bound or hired laborer of a Kohen shall eat of the sacred donations. But a person who is a Kohen's property by purchase may eat of them, and those that are born into his household may eat of his food. If a Kohen's daughter marries a layman, she may not eat of the sacred gifts. But if the Kohen's daughter is widowed or divorced and without offspring, and is back in her father's house as in her youth, she may eat of her father's food. No lay person may eat of it. But if a man eats of a sacred donation unwittingly, he shall pay the Kohen for the sacred donation, adding one-fifth of its value. But the Kohenim must not allow the Israelites to profane the sacred donations that they set aside for Hashem. First Samuel five one to seven seventeen. When the Philistines captured the Ark of Hashem, they brought it from Even Hazir to Ashdod. The Philistines took the Ark of Hashem and brought it into the Temple of Dagon, and they set it up beside Dagon. Early the next day, the Ashdodites found Dagon lying face down on the ground in front of the Ark of Hashem. They picked Dagon up and put him back into his place. But early the next morning, Dagon was again lying prone on the ground in front of the Ark of Hashem. The head and both hands of Dagon were cut off lying on the threshold. Only Dagon's trunk was left intact. That is why to this day the priests of Dagon and all who enter the temple of Dagon do not tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod. The hand of Hashem lay heavy upon the Ashdodites, and he wrought havoc among them. He struck Ashdod and its territory with hemorrhoids. When the men of Ashdod saw how matters stood, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand has dealt harshly with us and with our God, Dagon. They sent messengers and assembled all the lords of the Philistines and asked, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be removed to Gath. So they moved the ark of the God of Israel to Gath. And after they had moved it, the hand of Hashem came against the city, causing great panic. He struck the people of the city, young and old, so that hemorrhoids broke out among them. Then they sent the Ark of Hashem to Ekron. But when the Ark of Hashem came to Ekron, the Ekronites cried out, They have moved the Ark of the God of Israel to us to slay us and our kindred. They too sent messengers and assembled all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send the Ark of the God of Israel away and let it return to its own place, that it may not slay us and our kindred. For the panic of death pervaded the whole city, So heavily had the hand of Hashem fallen there, and the men who did not die were stricken with hemorrhoids 
outcry of the city went up to heaven. The Ark of Hashem remained in the territory of the Philistines seven months. Then the Philistines summoned the priests and the diviners and asked, What shall we do about the Ark of Hashem? Tell us with what we shall send it off to its own place. They answered, If you are going to send the Ark of the God of Israel away, do not send it away without anything. You must also pay an indemnity to him. Then you will be healed, and he will make himself known to you. Otherwise his hand will not turn away from you. They asked, What is the indemnity that we should pay to him? And they answered, Five golden hemorrhoids and five golden mice, corresponding to the number of lords of the Philistines. For the same plague struck all of you and your lords. You shall make figures of your hemorrhoids and of the mice that are ravaging your land. Thus you shall honor the God of Israel, and perhaps he will lighten the weight of his hand upon you and your gods and your land. Don't harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts. As you know, when he made a mockery of them, they had to let Israel go and they departed. Therefore, get a new cart ready and two milch cows that have not borne a yoke. Harness the cows to the cart, but take back indoors the calves that follow them. Take the Ark of Hashem and place it on the cart, and put next to it in a chest the gold objects you are paying him as indemnity. Send it off and let it go its own way. Then watch. If it goes up the road to Beit Shemesh to his own territory, it was he who has inflicted this great harm on us. But if not, we shall know that it was not his hand that struck us. It just happened to us by chance. The men did so. They took two milch cows and harnessed them to the cart and shut up their calves indoors. They placed the Ark of Hashem on the cart together with the chest, the golden mice, and the figures of their hemorrhoids. The cows went straight ahead along the road to Bet Shemesh. They went along a single high road, lowing as they went, and turning off neither to the right nor to the left. And the lords of the Philistines walked behind them as far as the border of Bet Shemesh. The people of Bet Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. They looked up and saw the ark, and they rejoiced when they saw it. The cart came into the field of Joshua of Bet Shemesh, and it stopped there. They split up the wood of the cart and presented the cows as a burnt offering to Hashem. A large stone was there, and the Leviim took down the ark of Hashem and the chest beside it containing the gold objects and placed them on the large stone. Then the men of Bet Shemesh presented burnt offerings and other sacrifices to Hashem that day. The five lords of the Philistines saw this and returned the same day to Ekron. The following were the golden hemorrhoids that the Philistines paid as an indemnity to Hashem. For Ashdod, one. For Gaza, one. For Ashkelon, one. For Gath, one. For Ekron, one. As for the golden mice, their number accorded with all the Philistine towns that belonged to the five lords, both fortified towns and unwalled villages, as far as the great stone on which the Ark of Hashem was set down to this day in the field of Joshua of Bet Shemesh. Hashem struck at the men of Bet Shemesh because they looked into the Ark of Hashem. He struck down seventy men among the people and fifty thousand men. 
the people mourned, for he had inflicted a great slaughter upon the population. And the men of Bet Shemesh asked, Who can stand in attendance on Hashem, this holy Hashem? And to whom shall he go up from us? They sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriat-Jerim to say, The Philistines have sent back the Ark of Hashem. Come down and take it into your keeping. And the men of Kiriat-Jerim came and took up the Ark of Hashem and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill. And they consecrated his son Eleazar to have charge of the Ark of Hashem. A long time elapsed from the day that the ark was housed in Kiriab-Jerim, twenty years in all, and all the house of Israel yearned after Hashem. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you mean to return to Hashem with all your heart, you must remove the alien gods and the Ashtoreth from your midst and direct your heart to Hashem and serve Him alone. Then He will deliver you from the hands of the Philistines. And the Israelites removed the Balaam and the Ashereth, and they served Hashem alone. Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mitzpah, and I will pray to Hashem for you. They assembled at Mitzpah, and they drew water and poured it out before Hashem. They fasted that day, and there they confessed that they had sinned against Hashem. And Samuel acted as chieftain of the Israelites at Mitzpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had assembled at Mitzpah, the lords of the Philistines marched out against Israel. Hearing of this, the Israelites were terrified of the Philistines, and they implored Samuel, Do not neglect us and do not refrain from crying out to Hashem our God to save us from the hands of the Philistines. Thereupon Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to Hashem. And Samuel cried out to Hashem in behalf of Israel, and Hashem responded to him. Whereas Samuel was presenting the burnt offering, and the Philistines advanced to attack Israel, Hashem thundered mightily against the Philistines that day. He threw them into confusion, and they were routed by Israel. The men of Israel sallied out of Mitzpah and pursued the Philistines, striking them down to a point below beth Kar. Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Shem, and named it Evan Ha'ezer, for up to now he said Hashem has helped us. The Philistines were humbled and did not invade the territory of Israel again, and the hand of Hashem was set against the Philistines as long as Samuel lived. The towns which the Philistines had taken from Israel, from Ekron to Gath, were restored to Israel. Israel recovered all her territory from the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel as long as he lived. Each year he made the rounds of Bet-El, Gilgal, and Mitzpah, and acted as judge over Israel at all those places. Then he would return to Ramah, for his home was there, and there too he would judge Israel. He built an altar there to Hashem. John 6, 1-21 After these things Yeshua went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. 
And Yeshua went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. When Yeshua lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come into him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Yeshua said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Yeshua took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples and the disciples to them that were sitting down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Yeshua did, said, This is of a truth that prophets should come into the world. When Yeshua therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when evening was now come, his disciples went down to the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Yeshua was not coming to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they saw Yeshua walking on the sea and drawing near to the ship, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at land whither they went. Psalm 106, 13-31 They, Israel, soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them, had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yes, they despised the pleasant land, they believed not his word. But they murmured in their tents, and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations, and to scatter them in the lands. 
They joined themselves also to Baal Peor and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions, and the plague broke in upon them. They stood up Phineas and executed judgment, and so the plague was stopped. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. Proverbs 14, 32 and 33. The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous has hope in his death. Wisdom rests in the heart of him that has understanding, but that which is in the midst of fools is made known. I want to speak to you today from 1 Samuel chapters 5 through 7, and then we're going to jump into John chapter 6. And we see in these chapters that the ark of the covenant that holds the Ten Commandments has been captured and they are experiencing plagues. In every town where the ark is, they are experiencing plagues, and the people decide, we need to get rid of this. We need to send the ark back, or send it off and and get it out of our midst. And so the ark was with the Philistines for seven months, and then they built a cart for it, and they said, let's just turn, put the cart put the ark on the cart and have um, a, a bull pull it, a cow pull it, and whichever way it goes is whichever way it goes. And if it goes towards Bet Shemesh, then he who has inflicted this great harm on us, um, it will go back to its own territory. Let me just read chapter 6, verse 9. Let's start with verse 8. Take the ark of Hashem and place it on the cart and put next to it in a chest the gold objects you are praying him as indemnity. You are paying to him as indemnity. Send it off and let it go its own way. Verse 9. Then watch. If it goes up the road to Bet Shemesh, to his own territory, it was he who has inflicted this great harm on us. That is the God of Israel. But if not, We shall know that it was not his hand that struck us. It was just happening to us by chance. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Bet Shemesh, west of Jerusalem, is in the territory of Yehuda and is one of the cities set aside for the Leviim. In 1948, the area was significant in the fighting between Arabs and Jews. It was from this area that 35 fighters set off to try to rescue the besieged Jewish communities in Gush Etzion. They were discovered and massacred by Arabs before completing their mission. Shortly after the War of Independence, a non-Jewish community was built in Bet Shemesh. It was first settled by immigrants from Iran, Iraq, and Morocco, and later by a large Russian and Ethiopian population. In more recent years, many North American Jews have made their home in the biblical city of Beit Shemesh. So we see that the Ark is eventually, it it stays uh, in this place 
The ark was housed in Kiriath-Jerim twenty years in all, and all of the house of Israel yearned after Hashem. And Samuel instructs the people of Israel that if they really want the ark back, that they needed to um, return to the Lord and begin to follow his commandments and walk in his ways and walk in his statutes and his judgments. So he's a very good judge, a very good priest. And in chapter 7, verse 16, it is written, Each year he made the rounds of Bet-El, Gilgal, and Mitzpah, and acted as judge over Israel at all those places. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. As the prophet and judge of the people of Israel, Samuel could follow Eli's example and require that the people come to him. However, he does not wish to live in an ivory tower. Samuel becomes a different type of leader who goes to the people in order to meet with them, inspire and serve them. Thus, he travels to the major cities of Israel on an annual basis. He serves as a role model for future leaders who would travel throughout the land to the homes and communities of their followers to offer inspiration. This has long been the practice of Israel's chief rabbis, whose mission includes traveling throughout Israel to reach and teach the people they serve. One of the most famous examples was when Rabbi Abraham Isaac Cook and nine other prominent rabbis visited early Jewish agricultural settlements in the Galilee region in 1913 and 14. Many of the residents of these settlements were not religiously observant, but Rabbi Cook and his colleagues felt obligated to teach them and show them their love to them. What a wonderful, precious thought that Samuel would move amongst them, walk amongst them, visit them where they lived. That's what Yeshua did, too. He mixed and mingled with the common people. Okay, the last thing I'd like to touch on today from John chapter 6 is this miracle of uh, Yeshua taking the five loaves and the two fishes and multiplying it so that all the people were fed. So let me take a look here. And in John chapter 6, verse 12, When they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. So there's a deeper message here. We're going to go to the sowed level. Yeshua is acting out a message through his actions. So it's not spoken, it's, it's an action. And we have five loaves and two fish. The five loaves represent the, the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. And um, basically, he's saying they need to feed on this. They need to eat this, feed on the Torah. And then the two fish represent a people, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And both kingdoms, it was a kingdom split. The northern kingdom are the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. That's the house of uh, Israel or Ephraim or Joseph. And the southern kingdom is the house of Judah, the Jews, and that included the two tribes of the south. So 
basically when we just read about how they gathered the fragments that remained and let nothing be lost. That was Yeshua's mission, was to gather the scattered tribes of the house of Israel because they went into exile to Assyria and they became lost. They were assimilated. They forgot who they were. And so his mission is to gather in the lost sheep. And so gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. And they gathered them together and filled all twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above to them that had eaten. So that's really, in essence, Yeshua's mission, then and in his second coming. That is the completion of his mission. He started the mission but did not finish it. So when he returns, he will complete and finish the mission of ingathering all of his lost, scattered ones. And so we are those barley loaves that have been broken in fragments that are scattered all over the place. We're scattered to all the nations, to all the continents. Yeshua will return, cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. And those who understand and know what his plan is, will gather into camps and will follow the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. There is a greater exodus to come that is coming soon. All right, that's all I have for today. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Isa Adonai the Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.